Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. And you're to blame, baby. You give love a bad name, bad name. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, you give cards a bad name. Bad name, 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 name. Hello, everybody. You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. You know, I kind of miss the singing. I mean, not, not that I'm any good at it, but what? It's fun. That's not true whatsoever. <laughs> Some people are like, I'm tone deaf. And I always tell people that no matter what, you can learn to sing. I think it's innate in the human uh, brain. In the human DNA? Maybe not. Like, you don't believe tone deafness exists? I think people over-exaggerate whenever they say they're tone oh, deaf. Oh, yeah. Like but but some very small percentage are actually tone deaf. But most people yeah. who think they're tone deaf are not. Yeah, and I yeah. think even those people that are absolutely tone deaf can learn to sing. You could at least be a drummer. Because you could, that, that has nothing to do with tone, really. True. And I, I, we know we have a natural drum beat in yeah, our bodies. Yeah. So, yeah, you can definitely learn to be a drummer. Um, today on the show, it's the first episode of 2019. Boy, Happy that, New Year. Happy New Year. Happy that, New Year, everybody year out there. passed by very quickly. <laughs> and we have a spoiler today, a preview card for Ravnica Allegiance. Very we, exciting. It is. Uh, I'm holding it right here. And... It's a little bit insane. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit insane. It's a lot bit insane. Yeah, the, another version of this card was banned for a while. That's how insane it is. Okay, um, but before we... Oh, and we're also going to talk about how not to evaluate cards. We we went through a lot of old clips of us being uh, good and bad at evaluating cards, and we're going to talk about what we're right and wrong about. Yeah, I think looking back at our old evaluations, seeing how we were wrong and why will kind of maybe help us evaluate cards in the future. Yes. And we have Ravnica Allegiance. The spoilers are happening, so there's going to be a set review for that coming out soon. So this is a good time to kind of look back and reevaluate our evaluations. Yeah. And speaking of cards that are coming out soon, this show is brought to you by CardKingdom.com. Make sure you go use our affiliate link, CardKingdom.com slash commands, and you're going to buy cards anyway, especially if you're going to be purchasing Ravnica Allegiance boxes, sleeves, all that good stuff. The you can probably singles. pre-order right now. You, Yeah, I'm sure you can. So you should go over there and pre-order. You're probably going to want this commander we're talking about if you like powerful commanders. You actually do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and while you're there, you also want to check out Ultra Pro products. In fact, you don't have to just go to Card Kingdom. You can go to your LGS, uh, other online retailers, 
all around the world. And the cool thing that Ultra Pro has going on is that they've done all the guild-themed stuff mm -hmm. for each set. So in this set, we got Simic, we got Rakdos, Orzov, Azorius, Gruul. Gruul. I almost messed that up and forgot what the last one was, but yeah, I remember really, the last I, minute. I, yeah. Um, but they have all the sleeves, the deck boxes, the mm -hmm. playmats that go along with each of those guilds. So if you really identify with one of those guilds, like I am very Simic as a player, so I want the Simic sleeves, deck box, all that stuff to go along with my decks because it just feels very nice. It is. When your battlefield is all themed. I like putting my decks in sleeves that aren't what they're going to be. <laughs> just to throw people just off. Just throw them off. It's like Boros, and then you're like, boom, Forrest, go. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. That's, That's next level. I like doing that at the pre-releases anyway. <laughs> um, and the last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone, and we do one special thing every single episode. We shout out a patron of the show, and this episode is dedicated to, to Kale Ing. Kale, you rock. You're also very healthy. Yeah, that's true. All right. I'm sure you've never heard that joke before in your life. Okay. Let's start off with the part I know you're all excited about. It is our Ravnica Allegiance preview card. This may be the best preview card we've ever had power-wise. It's, let's see. It's definitely the best commander we've had, right? Yeah. I don't it's, know. I don't even remember all our preview cards. It's better than Great Aurora. I know that. Hey, you know, I played that the other day, and you bust out laughing. Yeah, that I was, was just sweet. Like, Great Aurora. <laughs> it was sweet. See? Um, it's a mythic. It's a legendary creature. I'll let you read it, Jimmy. Sure. It's very, very strong, it seems to me. Yeah, so Prime Speaker Vanifar. Prime Speaker, you know what that means. It's going to be Simic. It's two, a green, and a blue for a 2-4 legendary creature. Here's my favorite part, though. Yeah. It's an elf ooze wizard half elf half ooze all broken tap it sacrifice another creature search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to one plus the sacrifice creatures converted mana cost put that card onto the battlefield then shuffle your library activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery so it's birthing pod it's birthing pod but on the creature and there's no cost to do it yeah you just have to tap prime speaker vanifar uh, but there's no cost associated with the tap, which I think might end up being a little bit of a mistake. This feels yeah, this feels very powerful. I mean, we know Birthing Pod is just a huge combo enabler. Mm-hmm. I mean, any like, creature-based decks, it's crazy. And any, I mean, the one thing you can say for this card is that if you use it as your commander, you are relegated to only green and blue. Yeah. However, green is the color that has the most creatures with the Enter the Battlefield effects. Yeah, and a lot of the we call it uh, chains with Birthing Pod, right? You sacrifice a mana dork, you get a two drop, and then you sacrifice that to Birthing Pod and you get a three drop. And the chains are often already established because Yisan does similar things. Mm -hmm. There's been a bunch of cards that kind of do this this thing. And so a lot of the combo stuff has already been figured out and it's all very, very powerful. Yeah, in blue and green, you already have access to a lot of tutors in general. There's tons of ways to go infinite in blue and green. Um, so as a commander... It is limited, but it doesn't really matter. I feel like it's going to be extremely strong. And we've seen, and we talk about this all the time, which is that many, many, many of the top tier, most powerful decks in the format are tutor-based yeah. commanders. They're uh, Tazri, yeah, yeah, they're, they're Zur, they're the type of things that's going to find specific pieces, and Prime Speaker Vanifar falls into that category. Yeah, it's also just good stuff, right? You don't even need to build the crazy backbreaking combos. You just have this card out there, and you can just start searching through your deck. 
Yeah, you can just Party. always go find whatever the best thing for that moment is. You, oh, you, oh, I need to destroy an artifact. Boom, I can do that. Yeah. Oh, I need to destroy an enchantment. Okay, I can do that. Oh, I need Crater Hoof Behemoth. It's a little tough because you need a seven drop, but you can do it. Um, well, let's talk about some of the cool synergies and combos that we sort of just jotted down off. This is almost off the top of our heads. Like, Yeah, no, I, I just looked at this and went like, I don't even need to look this up. I already can think of everything that is broken with this thing. I mean, there's probably some we didn't think of, but this, nope. this will at least Impossible. start th everything. We thought of everything. <laughs> so Malira is very famous with Pod and will also work with Prime Speaker Vanifar. And Malira is a two drop that basically says your creatures can't get counters anymore. And so when you have Malira out, if you have the persist mechanic, the creature comes back, but it can't get the negative counter. And so then yep. it just sits there again without a counter on it, which means if you can sacrifice it again or it gets killed again, it just comes back forever. And the way persist works is that it comes back right away. Yeah. It's not like an end step. So if you have Malira out, a persist creature and a sack outlet, like say Ashnod's altar, you that's can just go infinite. infinite mana plus whatever the ETB effect on the creature is. So you can have like Woodfall Primus, Ugh. which destroys uh, a non-creature permanent. You can have River Kelpie, which if you do that, then you're going to draw your entire deck <laughs> because every time River Kelpie comes out of the graveyard, you draw a card. I think that's how that works. Glenelendra Archmage is one where it just has a cost, but it doesn't matter. It just gives you the ability to constantly counter everything, basically everything, all yeah. non-creature spells. Um, you also can, with Prime Speaker Vanifar, you can get cards that find the pieces we were just talking about. So right. Trophy Mage is in three drop that ETBs and finds you a three CMC artifact like Ashnod's Altar. Yeah, all of the mages, actually, the Trinket Mages and all that stuff can find. It's just great because Enter the Battlefield, Tutor. And you get, you know, all of the associated things with sacking the guy or just, oh gosh, this card is dumb. Yeah, you can also get Staff of Domination with the Trophy Mage, oh, yeah. which means that you could untap Prime Speaker Vanifar to activate it again on the same turn. Yep. And again, if you were creating infinite mana with Ashnod's Altar, the combo there is, like, there's tons and tons of them. Oh, one thing to note, though, is that because, you know, Birthing Pod was an artifact, it meant that you could use it immediately. Right. That's the main thing, is that it would cost four mana total, but it had Phyrexian mana in the Birthing Pod, so you could actually pay it three and still use it that turn. Prime Speaker Vampire does cost one more, and you do have to have some Haste Enabler, I think, to really make it busted. But even if this survives a rotation, or you flash it in, which green and blue is great at doing, you can just start going up the pod. Up yeah, the, up, the, up chain. the chain. Up the chain. One of the things that's supposed to keep this in check is like you can only do it once. So you turn your two drop into a three drop. It's any three drop in your deck, but how powerful that can that be? Yeah. However, with blue thrown in the mix, you can suddenly like jump the chain pretty fast. So let's imagine you have like a two drop, you activate Prime Speaker Vanifar, and then you go get, let's say, Deceiver Exarch or Pestermite. That comes into the battlefield, untaps Prime Speaker Vanifar. And because there's no cost to that ability, you tap and immediately sacrifice the Deceiver Exarch. Yeah. And then you can go get something like uh, Breaching, Breaching Hippocamp. Hippo yeah, which is a four drop that does the same thing, basically untaps Prime Speaker Vanifar. But most importantly, you're getting to the five drop and then... Then you get to five drop. And a lot there are a lot of five drops that are very good. Yeah. You can blow up things with five drops. You, you know, you might be slot. able to get into... I'm sure you can get into some infinite loops in there somewhere yeah. just because all the creatures in the history of magic, like you can find some yeah. uh, some synergies that are going to you know, create infinite looping. There are certain cards that if you just guarantee you'll get them mm -hmm. are very powerful, like Hermit Druid. Yep. So let's say you just put Land Elves, Birds of Paradise, every you know one drop 
mana dork that you can find. When Prime Speaker comes out, she guaranteed gets you Hermit Druid because that's a two drop. Yeah, it, Hermit Druid, there's a million different ways to do it. But basically, if you can guaranteed get cards like that in like on turn five or turn four or whatever, I'm going to be able to get that out every game. Then yeah. you can combo off. And Prime Speaker is an elf. As well as an ooze. Ooze not so important. There's a lot of infinite or big mana shenanigans you get with elf decks as well. Um, so I mean, like getting this card out quickly is not an issue. That's that's for sure. You're going to be playing a lot of one drop rampers because it just means you can start the chain. You, you would even play dryad arbors in this deck to oh, yeah. get to a one drop, and then from there just whoop up you go. Yep. Um, Yisan obviously is is like a very good card because you know there's all sorts of combos that Yisan does, and this is they they are they're buds. They're friends. Yeah, I think you can pull off most of the Yisan combos, and a lot of them use a Wirewood Symbiote mm -hmm. to like create infinite mana uh, and Teamer Sabretooth by like bouncing it back to your hand so you can get around the yeah. more than once per turn clause. And I'm sure you can do all the same stuff with Prime Speaker Vanifar. Um, you had some cool oh, ideas. Could. Yeah. If you can't jump up the chain by just going three, four, five, you can also just steal people's creatures with Gilded Drakes. Uh, you can also, and then you when you you sacrifice those creatures, so you end up removing them as well. And also, any clones that can copy other creatures are very powerful. Because let's say someone rushes out like a six drop or even a seven drop, boom, you copy it, and now you have a seven CMC card. Go Prime get crater hoof gonna, now. Yeah, now you can find your crater hoof. Um, Pemmins are free from the real Kira's follower, Fate's Titcher. All cards that untap permanent creatures that can just make this thing go off over and over and over again yeah those seem very powerful because once you get to like five yeah you can untap get to six get to seven and once you're at like getting cheating seven drops into play like oh you are in business yeah you're super in business so. um hibernations and a card that i've always wanted to play but i've never really found an ability to do so yeah you haven't found the perfect home for it yeah this could be a card that works in this deck it is a five drop but it basically cumulative upkeeps one and so you start finding creatures with that uh, CMC with the counters and hibernations and yeah, so go ahead, just read it cumulative upkeep one at the beginning of your upkeep put an age counter on this permanent then sacrifice it unless you pay its upkeep cost for each age counter on it well that man is not going to matter if you're just finding more creatures for free uh, whenever you pay the upkeep you may search your library for a creature card with CMC equal to the number of age counters on hibernations end and put it onto the battlefield so it starts off at a one then to a two then to a three then to a four so it just helps you you know, it's like, oh, shoot, I need a five drop. I only have, you know, a two drop and a six drop out there. I can't get there. It's like, cool. Well, now this thing's on four. I can find that. So in terms of creature-based toolboxes, this card is, oh, it's up there. Yeah. Okay. So if you're not using it in the 99, as the commander, it's great in the 99. Pretty much any creature-based deck. So in Sultai, Mimeoplasm, Muldrotha. Um, then you can get cards like Marin of Clan Neltoth, Timestream Navigator, that with a one drop. And a sack outlet basically means you can just take infinite turns. Uh, Bant, you can play Rune. Animar, you can really cheat this thing out because it's, it's just going to cost green blue at a certain point. So, Oh, this would allow you to go find, if you really want to, your um, what's the ancestral statue and stuff like that. Yeah, the exactly. The moment you want to. Just, yeah. just go off. Just go off. Go off. Prime this speaker. is only scratching the surface, I think, of what's possible with this card. This is the type of card yeah. that is going to be super powerful and super combo enabling. I think... Obviously, we're not going to be able to run down all of the combos for this commander, but and probably we had, didn't even think of them or haven't thought of them yet. But yeah. somebody out there, I guarantee, is going to break it down, and there will be a way when you play this card, if you have like a two drop out, to just win every time. Yeah. Right? To just go through the specific chain of things, find this, then this, then this, then this, you know, then win. 
because Yisan already kind of does this, and yeah. this feels even stronger than Yisan. I mean, it's two color and it's one more uh, mana, but still, the effect feels more versatile. Yeah, and <clears throat> I know that we always talk about three drop commanders, two drop commanders being very powerful, but four drop commanders in colors that can ramp very easily, very easily, not a huge deal. And in fact, if you know a way to win on turn three, two with Four. Prime Speaker Vanifar, let us know in the comments below. Yeah, put those so, put uh, those cool combos you've thought of in there. Yeah, do some work for us. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well. Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's move on to our main topic here, how not to evaluate cards. So what we're going to go uh, and do here is we're going to look back at some of our old videos, our old episodes, specifically set reviews, and we're going to take sort of a, a, a second look at evaluations we already made, mm -hmm. ones we got wrong, ones where we were like, oh, this card's awesome, and it turned out the card was a dud, or oh, this card's going to suck, and it turned out the card was awesome. Nuts and kind of examine why maybe we were wrong in an effort to help us become better at evaluating cards in the future. So hopefully when we do the Ravnica Allegiance episode, we don't get a single card wrong. We get them all right. We're 100%. Wow, that's a standard. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. What did I come back to? Yeah, no pressure. Hey, Jimmy, welcome back to the show. We're never going to get anything wrong ever again. Okay, so the first card we're going to look at is Yeheni, Undying Partisan. Shout out to Vinny. The card is two and a black for a legendary creature, Aetherborn Vampire. It's a 2-2 two -two with haste. It says, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, put a 1-1 one -one counter on Yeheni, Undying Partisan, and then sacrifice another creature, and Yeheni gains indestructible until end of turn. Hmm. What, did we, what did we think about it? Yeah, let's see what we thought about it uh, last time around. So this card I think is okay. There is the Falconrath Aristocrat, which is a card that I think is very similar to this card. I think that card is just kind of better because it's a flyer and all that stuff. But Yeheni, I think, is still... I would perhaps try it out. It's fine. Not super high on it. It probably won't see a lot of play, is my guess. Well, uh, 
Uh, how about that? Uh, well, let me ask you, have you seen Yehenian play very much? I personally haven't, but I understand why we were incorrect about this card. Because I mean, we didn't pay attention to the second line of text, really. Yeah, I have seen it a lot. I feel like, and I feel like I'm always considering it for decks because yeah. you're right. That that line of text that says sacrifice another creature, Yehenny gets indestructible until end of turn. I think just free sacrifice outlet at yeah. instant speed is just something so many decks want. Also, it could just write, it could just read sacrifice another creature. Nah, nothing else. Yeah, I do think the indestructible is relevant though because yeah. it's it's basically a sacrifice outlet that protects itself. Yeah. I mean, you're not worried that Yehenny's growing when you do it, although that does matter sometimes. I've definitely been facing, you know, 12-12 or 14-14 Yehenny sometimes, which are annoying. Because Trade they, against the board wipe. Yeah, and they can get indestructible. But more importantly, just like Ashnod's Altar is good and better than Yehenny, don't get me wrong, but it can be destroyed. Whereas yeah. Yehenny's tougher to destroy because they can protect it. Yeah, and in general, I find that we're always down on creatures because it's like, well, board wipes happen. Right, but Yehenny doesn't worry about that too much. Yeah, and I, will, I can't even count the number of games now where it's like, does anyone have a board wipe? No? Oh, well, I guess this game's over. Yeah. And so it, it, requ it still requires your opponent to have an answer for it. And, like, honestly, if someone has to path your Yehenny, it's a pretty good deal for you, I think. You don't mind too much. You only put three mana into it. Yeah. You probably got some value out of the Sacrifice Outlet already. Yeah, that's a premium removal spell for cards that... for It's usually reserved for, you know, Kozilek and things like that. Yeah, I think the the lesson here is that instant speed, free sacrifice outlet mm -hmm. is just always going to be... There's just only so many of those. I mean, yeah. Goblin Bombardment, Ashnod, both the altars, Ashnods and Phyrexian Altar. And then you start running out of good ones. I mean, Sadistic Hypnotist, it costs five oh. mana. It's only sorcery speed, but yeah. at least it's free. It doesn't cost you any mana. That's a It's a decent one, and, and you see that quite a bit. I mean... It makes the table also just despise you, so... yeah. I mean, Yehenny is in 6,500 decks on EDH Rec, more than 6,500 decks, which is quite a bit. Yeah. So it's seeing a decent amount of play. We were definitely wrong about this card. Uh, I think we just undervalued the Sacrifice Outlet thing. Also, look at her old set. Yeah. Back in my apartment. No <laughs> controlled lighting. If it was dark, it was dark. <laughs> That's so true. It's sunny out. It's sunny out. You have windows all along the side. Yeah. And so it's just like, Your yeah. face was like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> like, look at us now. You don't know. It could be daytime. could be nighttime. We could be no doing idea. this at a different point in the future. Who That's knows? That's true. Okay, let's go on to the next card. Ah, uh, uh, yes. This is a card I was very high on. We both were, but I think I I was hyperbolic in my... um. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's As Foretold. Do you want to read it? Yeah, As Foretold, Josh was high on it. Two in the blue for an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep put a time counter on As Foretold. Once each turn, you may pay zero rather than pay the mana cost for a spell you cast with converted mana cost X or less, where X is the number of time counters on As Foretold. So basically, if it has one counter on there and, you know, you can, if it costs one mana, it costs zero now. Yeah, once per turn. Once per turn. So you get a free card per turn if it's less than or equal to the time counters on As Foretold. Yeah, and if it's an instant, I could do it on Jimmy's turn and then DJ's turn right. and then Mel's turn because it's once per turn. Uh, we were super high on it because it's cheating of mana cost. Let's let's well, let's play the clip. Yeah, this card is one of those cards that's insane on a paradox engine level. Yeah, uh, because it, it's cheating of mana cost, right? And what do we always say? The most broken things you can do are generally the cheating of mana cost. So, are we going to do best overall? Yeah. Okay. As foretold, might make it. It's 100% the best overall card in the set for Commander. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's close. Mm. Insane on a Paradox Engine level. Best I overall. I oh. might have, I might have, uh, 
I might have overstated here. I mean, it's in 4,200 decks on EDH Rec, which is not, like, nothing. But it's yeah. not super, super high. I haven't seen this in play a ton. It's been good when I've seen it, but I think... I think this was meant for not Commander, to be honest. I, I Like, Modern really wanted to use it. Legacy wanted to. They tried to, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, you hit your upkeep much more often. So you get a lot more time counters on there. When this yeah, thing starts true. off at one on turn three or maybe turn two, it's like, eh, underwhelming. Yeah, I think that's the problem with it is it was best case scenario mentality. If you play it on three, I think it's really, really good. Yeah. But when you draw it on turn seven, the game is unlikely to go more than three or four more turns, in which case, as foretold, just isn't going to do much. Yeah, and if you it's get on, an extra yeah. like one drop, two drop, it's it's so slow. You have to kind of build your deck to just use as foretold almost. Yeah. And you have to combine it with card draw most likely. Um, if you do look at the set Amonkhet, I think Anointed Procession would yes. be considered the best overall as it does something that is not in the colors it's normally in and it's, you know, it's just a very powerful effect. It's just more generically good and and less um, narrow. It's just yeah. going to work when it works. As foretold, just it takes too much time. I, I think if you look on EDH Rec, the decks that do use As Foretold are things like Atraxa. Right. So Atraxa is going to proliferate the counters right. and sort of get you to big numbers faster. Stuff like um, Rushmi. Rushmi is a deck that wants to play spells on each person's turn mm-hmm. and usually low-cost stuff because they get to draw a card, basically, or Cascade yeah, when they trips. do that. So if you're going to be like, I'm going to play, I got a bunch of one-drops, then As Foretold is great because when it's at one, I do a Brainstorm on your turn. I do a, you know... Some other one drop on everybody's turn and, and draw cards. And also, um, Joyra is another one that's interested in like extra upkeeps or taking advantage of upkeeps. So if you're going to mm. have, what's the extra upkeep? Uh, Paradox Haze? Paradox Haze. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another deck that would want as foretold in it. Um, yeah. A, a insane on a Paradox Engine level. Well, yeah. I, uh, Paradox Engine is extremely broken and this card seems imminently fine and fair i think that i actually like the design of as foretold a lot because it's something that as you can tell obviously enticed us quite a bit as players and we're like oh cool this is something i'm excited about something i may want to try out but ultimately didn't become a staple in the format that made people go like "Ugh, this again and works really well in specific you know obviously very powerful commanders but it doesn't break them right so right. that that I enjoy quite a bit because I think this could have been if it was like every upkeep then yeah maybe this was something that would have been to get a time counter every upkeep instead of just on yours right 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 then it would have maybe got insane then things although then done. it would get so high so fast that maybe you can't even use it it might be at like nine or ten and wasn't case. it X or less so you could still oh is it X or yeah, less yeah it's X oh, or okay, less okay. I mean that's probably why we were so high on it we were just dreaming. Well, this next one's a little bit different. Uh, we kind of disagreed on it. It's Torment of Hailfire. It's black, black, and X for a sorcery. It says, repeat the following process X times. Each opponent loses three life unless that player sacrifices a non-land permanent or discards a card. So if you tap, say, 10 mana, black, black, and eight, so X is equal to eight, then Jimmy and every other player at the table would be faced with a choice of... Eight times. Yeah. Do you want to lose three life sacrifice a non-land permanent or discard a card and then you say well i'll lose three life okay now you got seven left Mm -hmm. and if you're gonna well i'll leave lose three life eight times okay you'll take 24 damage or you'll do some i'll discard two cards sacrifice two permanents and now deal 12 damage to me basically yeah um so a very interesting card and one we see a lot now let's see what we thought about it before if you're in an insanguinate-esque deck 
it's just another kind of version of this that will get you value regardless. It will get you closer to their killing everyone with life loss or lessening their board state. Yeah, I just don't like these cards where your opponent gets so many choices because they just have too much ability to choose the one that's the least impactful. Like 80% of the time you play this card, it's just not going to get the stuff you really wish it would get. It's not going to do the amount of damage you wish it would do because if they're at that low of life, they're going to do the other stuff. Eh, I just don't really love it. Interesting. Okay, well, I mean, you were more right than me for sure. Slightly more right because I still think your point is very correct, which is if you don't cast it for enough, then people aren't just going to do the least impactful thing. And it's awful against like token decks. True. It's awful against stuff that just spits stuff onto the board or draws a ton of cards. I think though... Because I've seen this a lot, and it's a big finisher on the level of Exsanguinate. Like you had, you even mm-hmm. mentioned Exsanguinate in the video, and I think it's interesting because in Commander, it's so hard to evaluate cards because usually we shy away from best case scenario mentality. But at the same time, I think if a card literally wins you the game if you have infinite mana, yeah, then it it, it can be a finisher in your deck because so many decks can just create infinite mana, and it's like, well, what do I do with it? Yeah, and this card, if you have infinite mana, or even like 40 mana, it'll just kind of win. Yeah, you know, another thing too is that on the table, I think I kind of evaluated it incorrectly because everyone is at a different point. Right. So you're actually making sometimes a very hard decision for one player, whereas even if it's good only against one person and pretty okay against two people, that's not bad still because it's, it's still each opponent. And this isn't a lot of decks on the rec as you as you found out. Yeah, it's over 6,000. Yeah, so. so on the level I've, of Yeheni. I've seen it a lot. And I've died to it a bunch now. And I think you're right. Like we say, oh, it's horrible against token decks. But let's say you had a card that was like kill two players and take the token deck back to the Stone Age. Yeah, just maim them. Yeah, because even if you do it for X is equal to 20, say, even the token deck, if they had more than 20 tokens, they either Mm -hmm. already won or something else weird is going on in that game. Like you have a propaganda or something, right? So I feel like, yeah, this card, I don't know where... I think... My thought process was more in line with like sort of in limited, where it's like you don't want to give your opponents the choice. Yeah, and this wasn't that good in limited. Yeah, I think it was okay, and you could sometimes run it, but it wasn't amazing. And but but in commander, just a lot of decks are going to be at a point in a game where like I've got a ton of man, I just need something to do with it that's going to win the game. Exsanguinates that too, right? Would we say yeah. exsanguinates a bad card? No. But if you do it for X is equal to you know seven or eight, exsanguinates crappy. Yeah, it, it, that, that kind of has the same thing where it's like, okay, it puts you slightly more ahead. It may hurt one player more than the other, but it's not ending the game. Right, but Exsanguinate um, goes in most black decks because you're going to be like, at some point, there's a good chance where I just have uh, Cabal Coffers, Urborg, and I can just dump a bunch of resources, yeah. make 30 mana, and this will just win in those cases. Yeah, and black, again, is the color that is very good about doubling their mana yeah. just by itself. So that, I mean, even mono black players, I feel like Charm of the Pale Fire is just a good card for them. Yeah, okay. The next one is a card we were both really high on, and it is Spell Swindle. I'm still high on it. (laughs) Okay, so let's read it. It's in like two decks, by the way, that I have. (laughs) Spell Swindle, three blue blue for an instant. Counter target spell, create X colorless treasure artifact tokens, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. And each of the treasures, you can tap to sacrifice this artifact to add one mana of any color. So I cast a spell that costs like six CMC. Jimmy Spell Swindles it. He gets six treasure tokens. Yeah. It's... It harkens back to Mana Drain, and we were super high on it. Let's see what we said uh, in the earlier episode. It's Mana Drain. Five mana, but it's slightly better than Mana Drain because you don't have to spend that mana on your next turn. Yep, you get to wait. 
It's really good. This may be the best counterspell they've they printed in quite some time. Yeah, I believe so. Since yeah. like I don't know, Pact of Negation or something. Yeah, it's it's maybe since it's Swan Song. Nuts. Swan Song's pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, Swan Song is not as good as that card. Well, first of all, I want to say Swan Song is better than this <laughs> card. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, maybe even disallow is better than that card too. It's you look at it now, and I'm like, it is really good. Like it's hard it not is. to say what we said about it. Here's the thing: guess how many decks without looking at the thing on EDH rec that it's in. I thought this would be on the same level, if not more, than like Yaheni esque. So somewhere around sixty five hundred or yeah, so. Yeah, six, five, maybe five thousand. It's in only seventeen hundred decks on EDH Rec. Hmm. It just hasn't. Can we talk to Donald about this? Is he? <laughs> He's is he not fixing the data here. <laughs> He's just like, oh, these guys were high on this card. Let's just delete some data. He's trying to make us look bad. I don't think Donald has yeah. that kind of agenda. Yeah, me neither. I think we just underestimated the fact that five mana is a lot to hold up. Yeah, uh, and like. I don't know. I mean, the thing we said about Mandarin is very true still. Having treasures is very powerful. I think having the ability to just... Because it ramps you, right? Is the right. other thing. Like, if you counter a big spell, it could be a big swing. But holding up five mana is tough unless you're specifically in a deck that is control-heavy and wants to do that. I think most players would rather... Not maybe not most players, but I think that the percentage of control players out there is much lower than players that just want to use their mana and hold up other things like activated abilities or stuff on cards already on the table. A lot of players don't want to hold up anything. They just want to play their stuff, pass the turn, and then get back to their turn and use it. It's true. Yeah. So I, maybe it's a combination of people not sure, sort of shying away from more control-heavy counterspell decks. I do feel like this card is a lot better than EDH rec stats would tell us. Like 1,700 decks true, is, is not enough because... This will sometimes just steal games or maybe steals so the ahead. wrong word. Maybe like make it so you're making your game winning play like three turns early. Like if you hold yeah. up five mana on turn five and counter something that's around four or five mana and suddenly on your turn six, you have 10 or 11 mana available to you. You can make such explosive plays that I do think this is better than like a lot more people should be playing it. But at the same time. We were too high on it. It's not in the league of Swan Song. It's not in the league of Pact of Negation. Yeah, I thought it was better than Mana Drain. Yeah. yeah. Turns out just having two blew up. Because here's the thing. In control decks, you have to do something impactful to the board to keep yourself alive. Otherwise, people are just going to start swinging creatures at you. Yeah. And a lot of times, those plays do cost mana. So you, it's a weird combination. You have to ramp up to have enough mana to hold up counter spells and play stuff like Propaganda or, or Ghostly Prisons and stuff. So... It's a bit harder to get around, but I feel like the, maybe just people haven't caught on to this card enough, but maybe it's it's not even close to where we put it. So I, I would want this number to be closer to like 3,000. But again, I think there is a, just a weird social stigma around counterspells that maybe it just doesn't show up as much. Yeah, I do like what you said. I think it's hard. You have to basically hold up, like take your entire turn off to hold this up. Yeah. Whereas, and then if someone doesn't do anything, that like when someone plays like a three-mass spell that's really big, it's like, okay, cool, I could counter that and get three treasures, but that's... It's like, okay. would it have been better if I just played a card in my turn? Yeah, that's true. The fail case is so much worse on this when you don't use it. If you hold up one blue mana for Swan Song and nothing happens, eh, you wasted one mana. But if you do Spell Swindle, same thing, you time-walked yourself. Yeah, unless you have other things to do with that mana. So I could see this in just like an instant-heavy factor fiction kind of thing. Like, yeah. I'll play this instead and draw cards. Yeah. Impulse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mystic Confluence is a good one for that too. But it has this counterspell on it also. Yeah, and it has 80 different things you can do on it. <laughs> no, it has like a thousand different things you can do on it. Okay, the next one is an interesting card. Uh, and I am I was surprised we were both 
as high on it as we were. I mean, I don't think we thought it was... Sometimes like, we're just wrong. We didn't say it was Paradox Engine good, so... But I think we thought it was, you know... <laughs> you didn't say. <laughs> I didn't say Paradox Engine good. Uh, the card is Grip of Phoresis. It's two and a blue for an instant. It says, gain control of target equipment, then create a zero zero black germ creature token and attach that equipment to it. So you steal an equipment from one of your opponents, you control it, and it actually gives it a creature to put it on. Yeah. A germ counter. Uh, a germ token, sorry. So... This, I don't. It's interesting. This is not a card I thought we would be high on if I looked at it now, but it just shows you know how our evaluations have maybe cha- changed over the re- years. Yeah, and maybe I just got beat by some equipment like a week before in the game. So That's I was true. Just like, oh, this card's gonna be great. We're not immune to that kind of bias. It also did come out in the commander set. So actually, let's hear what we said about it first before I go too deep into why it's great. This next card I is goes for my vote of card I'm going to put in every single deck that can play it. Everybody likes to put the Swift of Boots, the Lightning Greaves, the Whisper Silk Cloaks, that kind of stuff on. Yeah. Being able to take those away at instant speed and then affect the creature because they don't have Hexproof or whatever now is yes. very, very powerful. Just for that, it could be worth it. Like, hey, I've got a Lightning Greaves now, and I also can kill your creature, which I couldn't before. Yeah, yeah, It's totally. super powerful. Don't ask. <laughs> so, I got it, though. So... Um, how many decks do you have right now that have Grip of Freezes in it? Big hot zero. <laughs> Big fat hot zero. You know what's better than Grip of Phyresis trying to steal a Whisper Silk Cloak? What? I don't know. Just play Whisper Silk Cloak. <laughs> <laughs> or just like Path to Exile as they go to yeah, equip it. I mean, like, I can understand why I thought this card was great. Because I just think of the, it's like, you know, you think of the best case scenario, which yeah. is like, oh, they're going to put it on this thing and then it's going to become super hard to get rid of. But what if you could steal it at instant speed? And then you have this ability to use this thing. And not only is it, it's not like an enchantment that gains control of it. They can get rid of the enchantment. You just gain control of the thing. Yeah. They have to destroy it or go to their graveyard and then somehow get it out of their graveyard, which is harder with equipment. Or like Homeward Path-esque stuff. I think the problem is that we underestimated how narrow it is to only hit equipment like yeah that's a good point if it was just artifact that'd be crazy yeah then it'd be great especially if you could somehow equip it to a germ yeah (laughs) but i mean think of like croson grip or even just like capsize Mm -hmm. these are cards that will do a similar thing to what we want to do you don't gain control of the of the thing but at the same time you get it off the creature and then you can affect it yeah and that the fact that those two cards also work in a variety of other circumstances where there's no equipment on the board yeah. make them so much better. And they're the same mana cost. They're instant. Capsize is reusable. Crossing Grip has split second. Split second, yeah. You, know, there's a, you could name Chaos Warps and all the other similar cards of the world. And in the end, the problem, I think, is that, yes, as often as we see Lightning Greaves and Swift Foot Boots and those things, you don't know in any given game if you're going to see them. But yeah, you, or if your opponent will even draw them. Yeah, but you do know I'm going to see an artifact. I'm going to see yeah. a permanent for Capsize or Chaos Warp, that kind I'm of I'm going to see a permanent. Yeah. But whereas this card, it's just too scary that you could have it the entire game and, and not really be able to, cap, yeah, to cast it. I guess if you were in a very Voltron-heavy environment or whatever, but at the same time, like again, you're right. Wouldn't you just rather path the creature instead of trying to steal one of like five things that are equipped to it in that case it, it just seems like it's something that's meta dependent if you really want to play it it um, seems even bad if they're just going to put 20 equipment on one creature because wh- what is stealing what gonna, one of them going to do yeah yeah so it's like suit it's even more narrow than that you really want to steal it when they go to like lightning greaves their important creature yeah or do it at a point where it's like because you can take it at any point because the that's equipment true. itself doesn't have hex proof but i don't know uh, it's non-zero. I can't believe I said that. 
every single deck that can play it. And I have a lot of decks that play blue. Hey, you, at least you didn't say that it was Paradox Engine good. Yeah, I don't know. This could be as just as bad, <laughs> that valuation. Okay, this next one we were super high on. Ugh, and I totally disagree with this now. I, I, I understand. I actually um, think this is better than... Uh, most people think still i think it's okay but it's definitely not we were really really high on it we compared this card to like sensei's divining top and things like that it's <laughs> it's azor's gateway it's two mana for a legendary artifact you can pay one and tap it to draw a card then exile a card from your hand um so it loots kind of if cards with five or more different converted mana costs are exiled with azor's gateway you gain five life, and then you untap the gateway and transform it. And it transforms into Sanctum of the Sun, which is a legendary land. And you can tap the land to add X mana of any one color where X is your life total. So we were like, oh my gosh, you could tap this for 30, 40. Yeah. 10 even. <laughs> so yeah, let's hear exactly what we said. Best overall card though, I think Azor's Gateway has to be up there. I think it is. The lootability alone makes it fine. And if you happen to get there Great. with the thing, then it's insane. But if not, it's just a good value card that's that's good. And you can play this card in any deck as well. That's the crazy thing. I don't say that. We we rarely say this, but this card seems too powerful. Seems too, too powerful. You know, so powerful, so incredibly dominating and powerful that it's in only 700 decks <laughs> on EDH Rec. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Five turns, five different CMC costs. Usually when you loot, you're happy to discard a land. True. True. And you can't do that over and over again. Well, yeah. I mean, you can if you're just like, oh, whatever, I'm going to get value. And if I happen to get there, I happen to get yeah. there. I think. But then again, like Merfolk Looter is not a card we see a lot. You no. see like Jace Friends Prodigy because it flips over in Snapcaster Mage's stuff. Why not just draw cards instead? Yeah. Um, you know, we have limited on-camera experience with this because Ben played it in our Brawl game uh and even then when i watched it going on i was like it's once per turn so much other stuff is happening and he's actually getting rid of spells that he probably wanted to use even though he was behind at that point so it just didn't seem i mean we had to keep tabs on it i do remember we were like how many are under there yeah. okay so two more times all right i won't worry about it yet yeah and, and it was like very slow and it's not yeah it's an art there's so much artifact removal in the format there's so many different ways also just like cool you're gonna do that thing with tons of mana if unless it's banefire i'm just gonna counterspell it yeah. Or find a way to be, work around it so that it's like a ticking time bomb that everyone sees is coming. And and as long as you keep tabs on it, it's not hard to sort of stop it. I've seen it in play a few times now, um, but I've only ever seen it flipped like twice. Did it end the game immediately? When it flips, it's insanity because usually the person flipping it has like Cure's Follower, Fate Stitch or something. Oh, okay. And therefore they're, they're untapping the land too. That's where, where I saw it both times where somebody was like, ha-ha, tap it three times in the same turn, flip it over, now mm -hmm. untap it. And they was like, okay, yeah, you got 90 mana or whatever. And then that's the same as infinite mana, basically, and you Torment of Hellfire or whatever you want, Thrasios, whatever you got. You can yeah. win from that point, and it's not that hard. You could just make infinite mana ease more easily. Yeah. Um, but there's so many ways to make infinite mana that aren't as slow and telegraphed as this. And I think the True. problem is this costs two to play and one, one to activate. To tap. Yeah, it's so you put seven mana into this by the time you've done it. And that's if you do five different CMC cards each time, each time which often it's hard to do. I think we downplayed that too. Because a lot of times you go, okay, land, right. you know, three drop, two drop, four drop. And now you're like, uh, 
enough to find a one on a f- or a or five, five six, seven. six seven and you don't always have those things and a lot of times you're like well i want to keep that card yeah, by so. that turn five when you're about to you could just play your grave titan instead yeah so um yeah i said this was insanely powerful and i was totally wrong i think it is powerful if there were a lot easier ways to abuse it slash if it was easier to flip I don't think we realize just how hard it is to flip. Yeah. And if you don't have the mana or the untap abilities to do it and speed it up, then it's just, it's just, it's almost laughably bad <laughs> when it comes out. And it's like, cool, how much time and money, or I guess mana, are you going to invest in this thing before we all are doing other more impactful things? I do think like 700 is probably low though, because even if it didn't have the flip over ability, just two mana artifact, one to tap and loot. Right. And that, I remember you saying that too, that would be fine on its own. In some decks. I yeah. think it's not fine in like Simic decks and you're right, just draw cards. But probably Boros, mono white, mono red, that effect is good enough that they might want to do it. I mean, the fact that it exiles the card really hurts it too. Yeah, especially think, in red decks that want to use artifacts in the graveyard and all that stuff too. Yeah, see, I think I thought, oh, that's the same as looting. It's not. It's worse than looting. Exiling is definitely worse because Jace Friend's Prodigy, which I mentioned earlier, puts stuff into the graveyard and then and Jace then himself use uses the stuff you put in yeah. the graveyard. So yeah, I, I, I get it now. But at the time, man, it just seemed like if I can tap a land for 30 mana, how could I lose? You can't, yeah. turns out. It's I mean, just... it, I think you're right, though. Sometimes, even that, even once it flips, it's not auto-win. It's right. so hard to do, and then once you do it, it's like you still need another piece. It's not a hard piece to get, but you do need something to do with the mana. Yeah, and again, it's telegraphed. There's one person with a counterspell. Unless it's like a bane fire, that thing is probably not going to resolve. Yeah. All right, what's the next card? Solemnity from Hour of Devastation. Two and a white for an enchantment. Players can't get counters. And counters can't be put on artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands. It doesn't say Planeswalkers, which is notable. Right. Because it would just shut down all Planeswalkers as far as you couldn't even play them. But players can't get counters also means players can't get poison counters. Could this possibly have factored into why we really liked this card? I think it reminded me a little bit of like the anti in modern. There's a couple of anti infect cards as well. Um, And... I think just because it seemed like it covered so much, we're like, oh, things on artifacts, like, you know. Right, right. Okay, let's play the clip. Best of white, blue, black, red, green. Uh, Solemnity? Yeah, I think Solemnity. Solemnity seems to be the best. The best, I think so, yeah. This is the Panharmonicon, the um, Paradox engine of the set. This is probably the single most powerful in its, you know, when it's at its most powerful uh, card in the set. Why do I keep comparing things to Paradox Engine? I, I need to stop doing start. that. That's what I'm going to start <laughs> Every doing. Card. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Prime Speaker of Vanifar? This is like Paradox Engine good. It actually kind of is, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, this, we could have chosen the worst example. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> No, uh, oh, we're gonna look back on this one in two years and be like, we thought that was Paradox Engine it's, good. It's in three decks. No <laughs> one wanted to play this card. Okay, back to Solemnity. Uh, I want to say it sees very little play. It's yeah. in seventeen hundred and thirty-eight decks on EDH Rec. What? <laughs> How did we miss so hard? Why did we think it was so good? I don't know. What else was an Hour of Devastation that we were like, this is the one. This mono white specific <laughs> hate card that doesn't even affect every deck in the block. Like, I mean, it's very combo-y. There's a bunch of stuff you can do with it. Again, with um, right. Persist and Undying 
type of things, kind of like Malira. That set had Razaketh in it. It had the Scarab God. Oh, it had Razaketh? Yeah. <laughs> Razaketh is Paradox Engine good. It also had Torment of Hailfire, notably. Um, and the Heb the Eternal. Oh, wow. Okay, so um, it's okay. not even a top five or six in the set. Yeah, Mirage Mirror is in there. I think part of it is, like I said, the fact that we play with Craig, and I think both of us were looking at like, oh, if I play this, I can't get poison countered. And that yeah. at the time was like a thing that was very important to us. Y yeah, and, and you wrote down here, Atraxa decks were big at that time. And that's, that's a true. good point too. Um, it's so- It's so narrow. It makes perfect sense that it sucks. <laughs> it's so situational. It affects yourself too, right? So like- But I mean, that can be good if you build around it, but it, like but I said- you have to build around yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing. You're building around an enchantment that's in your deck. And kind of like uh, as foretold, right? Yeah, yeah. Similar and same CMC as well. And the problem is that build around stuff is not even overlapping with like the Rushmi decks and the right. Joyra decks and the Atraxa decks. So I, I think that's why I see so little play. Um, Makes sense. It can um, be easy to look at a card, I think, and you know start like researching the combos you could do with it and. You know, you're going to come up with some for most cards. Like, yeah. oh, if I pair it with this and I pair it with that, it's going to do this cool thing and blah, blah, blah. And then you have to think to yourself, though, like, is that other stuff it's pairing with good with anything else that's going into my deck? Because if yeah. it's not, then I'm just basically building a, a bunch of stuff that I have to get one specific card that's not my commander into play for it to even work, in which case you just don't want to be doing that. Yeah, I'd, I'd say for as much as we sometimes feel like we have more of a spiky mentality towards the game, we definitely get Johnny in card evaluations. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is so cool because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you want to think about the possibilities, but then you forget, like, how realistic are those possibilities? Yeah, whereas Paradox Engine just makes things happen. <laughs> you know, like that card by its... You don't even need to... It just works in literally every deck if you wanted to put it in every deck. Oh, gosh, I don't want to look back on that and say that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next one is kind of a comparison. So we looked at Kaidel and Thrasios back when Commander 2016 came out. And you played a deck that destroyed us. Yeah, but this was before we played the deck, right? This was... right. We know now that Thrasios is awesome, but at the time, we actually thought Kaidel was the better partner. Let's read Kaidel because, well, we read them both, but Kaidel is Kaidel, chosen of Crufix, two a green and a blue for a legendary. That's why I was biased because it had the word Crufix in it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything with Crufix is good. It's a four mana, two a green and a blue for a legendary creature, human wizard. It's a two, three. It says tap and add a colorless mana for each card you've drawn this turn, and it has partner. So, you know. Kaidel's always going to tap for one during your turn because you've drawn a card. But if you wheel of fortune, then you're suddenly going to draw eight. Or sorry, you're going to add eight mana. Eight mana because you've drawn yeah. eight cards that turn. And so Kaidel, I think we were very enamored with the fact that she could go infinite mana pretty easily. I don't think Kaidel's a bad card. But Thrasios is undoubtedly a better card. It's a, T, it's a tier one deck and yep. kind of broken in some ways. It's Paradox Engine good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, you want to read Thrasios just for those that don't know? Uh, green and the blue for a legendary creature, Merfolk Wizard, 1-3, and you can pay four mana to scry one, then reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, otherwise draw a card, and this also has partner. So so the the real big thing on Thrasios is that activation just costs four generic mana. Generic, not colored, yeah. like a lot of different. I think green-blue often has stuff that costs a decent amount. It doesn't require you to tap Thrasios. That's another big point. I think it ramps fixing you... Fixing this card would have been fairly easy. They could have made it cost like one blue green yeah. to activate, or they could have said four and tap Thrasios to activate, so you could only do it once. I think that 
because as it turns out, if you make infinite mana with Thrasios, you just win because you draw your entire deck, put all your lands, your lands into play, play yeah. and you have infinite mana with your whole deck at hand. Yeah. Kaidel makes infinite mana, but doesn't take advantage of infinite mana. Well, it's interesting. Let's hear what we said about it. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of a big fan of Kaideli, Chosen of Crufix. Yeah, I think she's the best one. I'm just going to call her Adele. Adele I think yeah. Adele is the best of the partner commanders for sure. No surprise because she's Simic. Thrasios, Triton Hero. So this is very similar to Coiling Oracle, I believe, which is really cool. You mm -hmm. draw a card for one no matter what. Super powerful card. Four is a lot, but it, this is also a two drop, so it comes out early. Well, for one, Jimmy, you don't draw a card no matter what. Uh, yeah. Sometimes well, you ramp. Sometimes you ramp. So which so is it's better? Sometimes better. Yeah, <laughs> it can be better. That's what I always say when I'm playing Thrasios is that I actually most of the time want the land. Yeah, it just guarantees more land drops. Ugh, which makes more activations, which makes more land drops, which yeah. snowballs really fast. Yeah, you know, we weren't low on Thrasios. We just thought Kaidel was better. I like how we didn't. We weren't sure how to pronounce her. Kaideli, Adele, <laughs> Adele. That's a good one. <laughs> Hello, Hello from, from the, the other side. side. Well, you guys got like three songs in this episode. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. We thought Kaidel was the best car partner commander, and I don't even think she's probably top three. No. It's, it's Thrasios, Timna, probably Vile Smasher. Right, because what what is Kaidel otherwise? A four mana tap one? Yeah, that's. The, I think that's the problem. And she's four mana. Yeah. And so most, uh, you know, unless you have the combo pieces in hand and you go off, which A, is not very fun after you do it a couple times, but B, like, she's like a worse Thrawn Dynamo. A way worse Thrawn Dynamo. Yeah, I mean, Thrawn Dynamo can't go infinite, obviously, with synergy and whatnot. Yeah, again, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, if X, Y, and Z happens, then this is going to be awesome. But if a card is just good by itself, that's something I think we were learning every, with every single one of these. If it's just good by itself, then it's going to be much better overall. Um, not to mention two mana for Thrasios. Although Kaidel does see a lot of play, and it still is yeah. very powerful. So it's not like that we were wrong on it. We just, you know, we shouldn't have said it was Paradox Engine good. <laughs> we didn't say that. <laughs> I thought it. <laughs> well, I also think Kaidel, if you kill her once, now she comes out on six, and it's way harder to go off. Whereas, right. like, Prime Speaker Vonifar, if you kill it once, comes out on six, it's got the same chance to go off on that next turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it just feels... Because she doesn't tutor. you got to have all the pieces in place, and if you just slow it down enough... Uh, I think you're right, though. It's still a good card. It's I just think not. Thrasios also has this thing where people kind of ignore it for the it wrong reason. Yeah, it doesn't it's feel. Not, yeah, Kaidel's like, oh, oh my gosh, if he does this, then this is going to happen. Whereas Thrasios, because I remember the first time I played against Thrasios, I was like, he has to tap four for that? Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, it seems it's a like huge, a lot. Huge use of his mana. Yeah. And then over time, it's like, oh God, he can activate that three times and step or do something else with his mana. Right. Like and Thrasios is also a two drop. It feels bad to kill it because they're like, they're just going to recast, recast yeah, it for four. four. Yeah. yeah. Going from four to six is way bigger. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so we're on to the last card. Mm. It's Path of Discovery. I was pretty high on this card, I think. I think we both were. Um, I mean, it did work for me in the one time I played it on game nights. That's, that's true. Sure. And I think we were doing this after you had played it on game nights. I think we recorded the episode, but we hadn't shown it yet when yeah. we did the set review. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Path of Discovery is three and a green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it explores. And explorers means you reveal the top card of your library. You put that card into your hand if it's a land. Otherwise, you put a 1-1 counter on the creature and then put the revealed card uh, back either on back top. on top or into your graveyard. You get to choose. So, right. well, let's hear what we thought about it. This is going to be a staple card. Yeah, 100%. Um, just immediate value off of every single creature that comes on the battlefield. There's going to be a lot of value this, generated from this. This is going to be a card that goes in most 
green decks. I mean, creature-based decks. Hey, we didn't say the words paradox or engine. Yeah, except we just said, I said 100%. <laughs> and, and I said we every the, green deck. Uh, yeah, most, if not every, especially creature decks. I think that's, you know, words just to avoid on set reviews. <laughs> every, every paradox, most paradox. engine. <laughs> <laughs> well, this card is still good, but it's not amazing. Yeah, it's right now it's on... Uh, about 1,200. It's in about 1,200 decks on EDH Rec, which is pretty low, the second or third yeah. lowest on our list. I mean, compared to Solemnity and As Foretold, which were the other enchantments, yeah. I think this is the best because it doesn't require a lot of stuff to happen for it to function. You just need to play creatures, and then you start getting more value off of yeah, them. Yeah, it's the most broadly useful, right? Yeah. It's just sort of... It's going to be useful in more situations than those others too. But I think at its most powerful, it's less powerful than either of them. Mm -hmm. So it's like lower, or sorry, higher ceil higher floor, lower ceiling. Right. There you go. Yeah, that's hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think also we just over evaluated how good Explore was. Yeah, I think I liked it a lot more because I was like, oh, you can put stuff in the graveyard so that you have more synergies that way. And then when I played it on game nights, I had it with, you know, a, a creature with Persist. Yeah. So then that was like, oh, man, this I'm is a lot. I'm putting more counters on it. And then yeah. I'm, yeah, boom, boom, boom. And if I put out a bunch of tokens, I explore a bunch of times. And you're, it sort of feels like it might be card draw, but you can only draw lands off of it. Yeah. Which really dampens how powerful that card draw can be. Yeah, and it's it's sort of filtering the top of your library. Even talking about now, I'm thinking like I should play this card more, but I just hasn't made it into any of my decks or most people's. I think in the end, you'd rather just know what's going to happen. So you'd rather have a known procession. Like I'm gonna if you're a count if you're right. a token deck, if you you know this is the same cost as a known procession or parallel lives, right? Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. four mana, and you'd rather just double the amount of tokens you're going to get than like sometimes draw some cards, filter your, your library a bit, yeah. make them a little bit bigger. And if you want 1-1 one, one counters, you'd rather just play like Cather's Crusade, something that you know is going to do that. And the fact that you don't know what this is going to do, it's just sort of generic value. It's hard to know which slot to put it in. Does it fill your pump your token slot or your do you card draw slot? Card draw, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and if you don't have graveyard synergies and it just gets a little bit worse, it's interesting because, it, I don't know, I mean, if you look at Rivals of Ixalan, the top card I think that's best for us is the Immortal Sun. Oh, yeah. Because, again, these are cards that just by themselves do stuff. Um, you, you draw as you another card. It makes your spells cost less. Your creatures get plus one, plus one. Turns off all Planeswalkers. Turns off all Planeswalkers. <laughs> so, like, that is, like, five different things, four different things that are all <laughs> <laughs> Paradox engine level good. <laughs> when <laughs> like each of those can be it's like making your spells all cost one less is would you rather have that or like every time you play a creature you explore yeah <laughs> it's no it's a really good point i think that explore just looked really good and in the end it's like it's not that it's bad it's just compared to the other things you could be doing yeah. at that same cmc on an enchantment it's it just you can't have 10 cards in your deck that are three and some, you know, four CMC enchantment that like adds value to what you're already doing. Yeah, I think in general too, we've noticed this trend where the new abilities added to a set like Surveil is the big one from the last set and Explore. They're really good for the standard environment they're in, but they, you really have to hit a high bar to be like considered, I think now good for Commander. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just marginally good. It's too shallow, the pool of cards with that mechanic to really yeah. affect uh, Commander enough, yeah. Even the ones like Path of Discovery that affect every single creature, it's you still need more ways to make it really effective, so. All right, so that is our evaluation of our old evaluations. 
If you've learned anything from this episode, it's probably that Paradox Engine is really good. It's really good. <laughs> it's you know real what? good. It's Paradox Engine good. Yeah. In fact, you might one might say that the only card that reaches full Paradox Engine capability is Paradox, is Engine. Paradox Engine. Yeah, it's a one for one. One might say that. All right, to the listeners, what is the card that you evaluated incorrectly? It could be something you thought was going to suck, but then it was actually awesome or vice versa. Love to hear in the comments a card that when you initially saw it, it just didn't live up to your expectations either yeah. way. And we'll have a conversation in our Discord server as well. If you're a patron at the $2 and up level, you can join us there. And we'll be talking to you one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, about Paradox Engine. <laughs> if you would like to buy uh. your own Paradox Engine, <laughs> or if like, if like me, you're thinking, some of these cards we talked about today are actually pretty good, and maybe I need to put in a couple more decks. I still right. think Spell Swindle is playable. I agree. I I still like that card a lot. Yeah, I'm not as high on it as I was, but I would like a couple of more of them. I Probably there's a couple of decks I just didn't get around to putting it into. Mm -hmm. Well, you can go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone, and if you use that affiliate link, when you order those cards, those magic singles, the Ravnica Allegiance pre-order stuff right now, if you want Prime Speaker Vanifar or the other legendary creatures in the other guilds to build decks around... You're going to get magic cards anyway because you play the game and you love it just like we do. If you just use the affiliate link when you do that, for free, as gravy, added value, thrown in, you get the command zone, game nights, all of our content, extra turns. Yeah. So support, you really support, do help support. us out. We appreciate it. Um, and is there a Paradox Engine playmat? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, if there was, the person that would be making it, the company that would be making it, would be Ultra Pro. So make sure you go ahead and support Ultra Pro products as well. Sponsor of the show, either at your LGS or online at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Yeah, go get those Simic sleeves for your Prime Speaker Vanifar Absolute deck. Yeah, absolute mall. All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I'm talking slowly so we can think of something. I got it. Okay. So, uh, so for the longest time online, Steam has had the essentially only oh yes, I know game store uh, to buy stuff online. The only like online marketplace for video games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not sure what the exact split is, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty unfavorable in terms of what Steam gets, Valve, and what you get if you're the developer of a game. And they started doing stuff like early access so you could buy a game uh, way before it was released and sort of help the companies test it out. It's really cool stuff, but Steam essentially had the monopoly on the market. Yeah, you can have it be unfavorable when you're, what are the other indie game developers going to do? You're the only place they can go to. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so recently, it was announced at the Game Awards this year, Epic, I think it was actually announced right before the Game Awards, Epic Games, the people that make Fork Knife, uh, Fortnite, uh, have released their own store and they're starting to do things themselves actually recently for christmas i don't know when this is coming out you may still be able to get it by the time this episode releases but they're allowing people to download a game called subnautica for free oh so but they're essentially creating their own version of the game store because they you know i think a lot of other games have their own mini stores but it's never been that great mm -hmm. so epic is trying to do the same thing they have games in early access as well and one game that i've been playing is made by a company called Supergiant, uh, who did great games like transistor and bastion They've made a game called Hades. I'm a big fan, obviously, of Greek gods. Um, Hephaestus being my favorite god. But this is the story of Zagreus, who is the son of Hades. And you start at the bottom layer level of Hades slash hell. And you're essentially trying to make your way out of it. And the game is in early access. I think by the time that this is out, yeah, there's only two like levels that you can go through. But it's WASD movement. It's procedurally generated. So every single time you go through it, it's slightly different. The kind of uh, like instance. attack. Yeah. 
is what kind of game is it? An RPG or is it's? It... I would call it a hack and slash. Yeah, it's hack and slash RPG because every single time you go through, if you guys ever played a card game called Slay the Spire, you're allowed to like pick new cards to add to your deck. Oh, well, it's a card game. It's not a card game, but it's it's a similar idea where every time you beat a room, sometimes there'll be two pathways out, and one you can get more money to buy stuff later on, or one you can get a power up from. You get power-ups from the gods, so like Ares, Athena, Zeus, Poseidon. Mm -hmm. They'll give you a power-up for your weapon. Um, so you get to kind of choose your path and your build as you go through. And it's all about just like learning the enemies and stuff. I, You know, it's a game that I, you can beat in about 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes in the current version. But I've played it probably for like 12, 13 hours now. Wow. It's and I love really Slay the Spire. Yeah. So if it's like that. Yeah, minus the card game aspect. Right, but it's okay. cool because every time you play through it, it's different. You can try new builds out, new things, and figure out what works, what doesn't, and what fits your play style. You can use a shield, a spear, a bow and arrow, or a sword. What's it called again? Hades. Hades. So you okay. can find it on the Epic Games Store. And also, I believe Epic Games Store has a much better split for indie developers and what the company gets. Well, that's what we find with online marketplaces is that in order to compete, they're going to have to do that, which is probably going to make Steam have to like come yeah. down to their level. And that's going to be better for you know for the consumer and for the developers too because yeah, more when incentive. there's competition, then it makes the prices sort of more fair generally. Absolutely, yeah. All right, very cool. Hades, I'll have to check it out. Mm -hmm. Something else you should check out is our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman, they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. I know Alex is a huge Birthing Pod fan. Yes. So maybe Prime Speaker Vanifar is something that he'll try and make work in modern. It seems the fact that it has summoning sickness, whereas the um, Birthing Pod does not, right. will probably exclude it from having any modern success. It but can die to dismember. Yeah, that's true. It does have four toughness, so it's hard to Fatal lightning bolt. push. If, that's true. If Prime Speaker Vanifer uses its ability and already ends the game before it happens. <laughs> well, I mean, with it on the stack, you could do it so they can't do it again, I guess. I mean, Path to Exile, of course. Okay, it's just probably not good in Modern. But just in case it is, you should go on over to the Masters of Modern podcast. Yeah, and there might out. be some other cards in Ravnica Allegiance. I'm assuming a card or two will make it into the rotation oh, yeah. I definitely think of so. Modern. And Alex and Ben are always talking about that stuff, so you will get, you know a little bit of advanced knowledge of what 100%. they think. 100%. Uh, you can find them at collected.company right next to us. They're also doing videos on YouTube now, so you can go on YouTube and type Masters of Modern into the search bar or just on your podcast apps like iTunes, Stitcher, same place you find us. Mm -hmm. And our editor for the show is Josh Murphy. Murph. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Murph. <laughs> uh, Terry's busy uh, doing game nights and all that stuff. Uh, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does... Our cool backgrounds. Our cool backgrounds. Uh, and the animations that start and close the show. That Soul Ring intro is still one of my favorite things. We um, haven't ever changed it because it's too awesome. It's just too cool. It's too cool. You can find him on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. So give him a shout out. Give some love to him and the MM cast, the Masters of Modern. They're all there online for your enjoyment. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, 
Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.